And Susan Collenberg. Freedom to Choose is brought to you by Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit that gives hope and help to those lost in addiction. Rich and Susan are a husband and wife team who found grace and freedom from 20 years of addiction to drugs and alcohol. They broke free from their bondage 15 years ago and are here to share their experience of God's power in recovery. God can change lives. Now, here's Rich and Susan with freedom to choose. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. Susan, last time we talked about giving complete control of our lives to God. What are we going to talk about today? Today we're going to talk about heading in a different direction in our lives. That's right. Today we will answer some of the questions that come up as to how we can change the direction of our lives by giving ourselves to God. Because you can actually change the direction of your life. That's right. Susan, would you begin today's program with a word of prayer? Yes. Our loving Heavenly Father, we just thank you that uh, you give us the opportunity to start again, that you give us wisdom in changing the direction and helping us to, to learn how to live a new life. And right now, we just ask that you will impress upon all of our minds and our hearts the, the way to have that new direction. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm going to ask some questions, and I these are questions that I ask myself quite often. So when I ask them, I want to know maybe if you asked yourself these questions. I mean, like, do you believe that you have the necessary or a necessary or that necessary connection with God? Whatever that necessary connection is, do you believe you have it? Are you thinking right thoughts? Are you harder on yourself than you ought to be? Let me tell you a story. You see, my recovery from methamphetamine, cocaine, alcohol addiction has not been all peaches and cream. There are times when I battle with deep sadness and depression. This happens because of the brain damage that's been done by the drugs. Needless to say, the good old times far the good times far far outweigh the bad times. But these bouts of depression have become shorter and fewer and farther between as my recovery has gone along. But they still come every once in a while. They still rear their ugly head. And uh, I don't know, some of you out there might know what I'm talking about. You know, you get into these situations and, and, uh, and you don't know how to get out of them. And it seems like you get into a tailspin and you start. It's like nothing can, can bring you out. It's of it. like nothing can pull you out of it. And it's like you almost don't even want to get pulled out of it uh, after a while. I mean, it's anyway. Well, that being said, there was one time in my life where I was experiencing about two weeks of deep sadness. And I just couldn't seem to pull out of it. And I was pleading with God and asking him, you know, just to make it all go away. In fact, you, Typically, that when that happens, when that comes, that's that's my prayer. Make it go away. Make what go away? Make everything go away. Just make it all go away. You know, and so I'm wrestling with God, and I'm asking him, make it go away, and it just wouldn't, and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And then, and then something happened. One day I was in the barn feeding the cows. We have two uh, 
Black Angus. Molly and Holly. Molly and Holly. Everything rhymes at our house. We have Molly and Holly. We have Mr. Sister and Twister. So we have, well, Twister's not around. That's our cats. Twister's not around anymore. Maybe we'll talk about Twister here after a while. But everything rhymes around our house. So anyway, I was in the barn feeding um, Molly and Holly, and I heard this banging noise. Ding, 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 ding. And then it stopped. And it, it would, like, bang repeatedly five times and then stop and then bang five more times and then stop and it happened over and over and over and I thought what in the world is this so I peeked around the edge of the barn door to see what it was I was a little bit afraid and I noticed a turkey pecking at the chrome bumper on my truck the turkey would walk by the bumper look straight at it and begin pecking at it and I thought to me I thought to myself, what a bird brain, right? Uh-huh. Until, well, as I looked closer, I saw what the turkey was doing. Every time he walked by the bumper, he saw his own reflection and began attacking it. This happened over and over and probably would have continued all day if I hadn't have come around the corner and run him off. Might have saved him from beating himself to death. I don't know. I've seen him to do I've seen him and heard him do this since then, too. I don't know if it's the same turkey, but... He's banging his head on this huge piece of metal, and it looked bizarre. And as I'm watching this, it hit me. I realized what my problem was and why I was so depressed. You see, every time the turkey walked by that truck, he looked in the bumper and saw himself, and he didn't like what he saw. So he began pecking at himself. I realized that this is what I'd been doing to myself for the past two weeks. I was continuing to dwell on every terrible thing that I had done in the past and how bad of a person I was, and I was just literally pecking myself to death. Through this experience, the Lord revealed to me that if I was going to succeed in my recovery, I needed to keep my eyes on Him. See, when we begin looking at ourselves too much and take our eyes off Jesus, the source of our healing, we can become discouraged, dejected, depressed, and just like the turkey, we will literally peck ourselves to death. That's right, and that's not the, the life that God has for us. So if you or someone you know is struggling in this area of your life, we're going to be talking about how to change that and, and how to change and have a new direction for your life and, and your thought processes. And you know, that's one of the biggest the scariest things for anybody is change. Even though they might make up their mind they want to change, it's still scary. Scary. It's uncharted territory, so to speak. And if you're a human being, chances are you don't like change. Most of us don't. Most of us associate change with the fear of the unknown, at least I do, or with stepping out of our quote-unquote comfort zones. Right, so Rich doesn't like change, but Susan does. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's... Funny, I like my home and I like my routine. And once I'm in my routine, I'm comfortable and I really don't like that messed up too much. But Susan, on the other hand, I like change. She likes change. She likes to go places. She likes to get on airplanes. She likes hotels. She likes to do all of these things. You know, I even went so far as to make a deal with her. I said, I will put a swimming pool in and that will that will make our vacation spot home and then we won't have to travel. And that lasted about a year and a half. Right. And now let's go. Let's go. Let's right. go. Let's go. But see, I, I like to get into a groove. I'm very methodical, very 
um, routine oriented, task oriented, right. you know, and, and Susan, she just likes to fly. You'll, you'll <laughs> eat the same thing every day. Yeah. I can make your lunch, pack the same thing in your lunch every single day and you're happy with it. Yep. And on the weekend, I'll say, what would you like for lunch? You'll say a sandwich and I'll that, make the same sandwich. That's right. And every time that gas tank gets to a quarter tank, that's when I fill it up. Everything's <laughs> the same. Everything's the same for me. Now, uh, one, one thing that we have to rem- that we must remember is that recovery from any kind of addiction is a process. You know, change does not happen overnight. The fix is not a quick one because most of us have been in our addictions for a very, very long time. That's right. See, it would be really, really nice just to be able to flip a switch and instantly be made well. But recovery doesn't work that way. And see, we've noticed as we've worked with people, they want what they want and they want it now. In other words, once somebody makes up their mind that they want to change, they want to get off of their addiction, whatever it may be, they want to be fixed right now. Right. They want all the bad to go away, everything to be good, everything to to be changed. And that's just not how life is. But see, it's like a catch-22 because see, an addict is that way. Correct. He wants what he wants and he wants it now. So now he's decided that he wants to change. So he wants to flip that switch. And I don't know where it's at. I think it's right behind your ear on the left Uh side. I can't seem to find it though. Because when we want to change, we want to change. We want it now. And it doesn't work that way. How long did it take for you to become a really good drug addict? About 25 years. Yeah. See, so you have to unlearn all of that behavior. You have to unlearn that, how to change into a new person. You might, you know, have new motives and a new direction, but you have to unlearn all that stuff. That's right. You know, the Lord, I imagine, would be, oh, he would think it would be easier for him to just, you know, start from scratch, but... Those old ruts are still, remember we talked a few weeks ago about ruts in the brain and old behavior and how it's so hard to pull out of those because ruts. Because we've trained, we've trained our brain to respond and to act a certain way, so we need to retrain it. Yep. And yep. The, the saying is true. No pain. No gain. That's right. And someone mm-hmm. once said, you cannot change your de- destination overnight, but you can change your direction overnight. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about changing the direction. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Rich, what does that mean exactly? Well, you see, when we were in our addiction, we dealt with the events that came along in our daily lives, good or bad, by doing one or both of these two things. Running. See, I'm a runner. Not a, not a marathon. Not a marathon <laughs> runner. I run from problems. I did. I was, you know, very good at running from prob- problems. But you, we deal with those problems by one or two things, running and self-medication. Now, in actuality, running is self-medication and self-medication is running. In other words, if something good came along in our lives, we didn't know how to respond to it because we had been self-medicating. So we ran from it by self-medicating, by medicating ourselves with our addiction, whether that addiction was a substance or a behavior. Also, if something bad came along in our lives, we didn't know how to respond to that either. So we self-medicated also. And it's a way of, uh, it's a way of dealing with things, running but not thinking you're running. Right. 
when you medicate yourself um, with, with an addiction, this is how a person runs from a problem with act- without actually geographically moving away from it. That's right. Now, Susan, how old were you when you began fixing your problems with self-medication? Well, I began when I was 10 years old is, is when I started to, to self-medicate. And it started with, um, you know, stealing and then smoking cigarettes because I just wanted to, I wanted to feel different than what I felt. Okay. Now, can self-medication be not a substance? Yeah, self-medication can be anything. Sometimes you can come home and and watch television and be self-medicating yourself, and be zoning out. Go Have into the twilight zone out? and just right. be zoning out. Uh, there are many things. Uh, maybe someone will, maybe they get relief from gossiping. Right. Maybe someone would get relief. There's many things that people get relief from. Blowing off steam. Exercising. Exercising a, a ridiculous amount of time just uh, to where that controls you. Because it's the only way that you can uh, deal with your problems is just go run for five hours or whatever. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So what we're talking about is living life on life's terms. What we're talking about is, um, well, living life on life's term at the beginning of recovery can be difficult for an addict because he or she has to learn how to now turn to something else other than the addiction, other than the self-medication. They need a new quote-unquote go-to guy and I don't want to be disrespectful but that's we're looking for another see my go-to guy was the baggie or the bottle or anything else I could get my hands on to make yourself feel different to make myself feel different because I didn't know how to deal with my problems and and that became a habitual thing where it was just an automatic no thought involved it was just just automatic that's what you do right right you programmed yourself to do that right now, instead of running away from God and away from our problems, we now head in a different direction. We look to God and allow him to help us deal with our problems, free from our addictions. This is how all things become new. You see, it's not that you change instantly, but your direction changes. Your motives change. You your want, desires Your desires change. change. You want to do right. And that's how all things become. If anyone is in Christ, it doesn't mean that he, that he wipes the computer completely clean and and everything becomes new in that sense but what he does is he gives you a desire to do the right thing for the right reason correct how many kinds of influences are there Um, most of the time it's not hard to tell where the bad influences are in our lives Uh, once we allow god's influence to enter our lives we couldn't allow other influences to alter the direction god has mapped out for us that's right because we, when we chose to allow God's influence into our lives, well, there are only two influences, correct, good and bad. And so once we allowed God's influence into our lives, we had to start making some decisions. Right. We had made that decision. We, you know, we, we came together as a couple and we decided that we needed to search for God as hard as we searched for drugs. And this means that we absolutely needed to avoid all the old places we played and wherever possible get new playmates and even new playthings. We made that commitment that no matter what, we now, were going to search for God. Now, why did we make that commitment? Because we knew that our lives depended our on lives it. Our lives depended on it. We were done. We, we were all done, all used up. Right. We were at the point of death. Had we continued to use, uh, we, we both would be dead. In fact, we... I, I hear news 
I don't know, every, I can't say every six months, every year, whatever, but quite often we hear news of another person that we used to hang out with that is either harmed really bad or dead. So it's just, it's so sad that um, the addiction can take people out like it does. On a daily basis, we need to concentrate on taking care of ourselves. This can only happen if we walk away from those bad influences in our lives. This can be very hard to do, and on the surface, it might sound a little selfish because sometimes, and I've seen this happen, is many people get clean and sober, and the next thing they want to do is they want to just immediately go out and tell everybody else, look at I found the Lord, and I want to help all, and, and they're still... They're not stable quite yet. Right, and there's nothing wrong with doing that. It just depends on who you go to yeah, and you, share it with. Yeah, because I've seen them, you know, they try so hard. They're three months clean and sober, and they go back to the old places and the old playmates, and and uh, the next thing you know, they're back in their addiction. Right, Be- it, it, over, it overcomes them. It overcomes them, not because they did not have good intentions to do that, but that's how subtle things are in this world. See, if you've ever been in an airplane— and heard the instructions from the flight attendant on what to do in case of an emergency air pressure loss, you, what do they say? They say, when the oxygen mask drops from the ceiling, you are to put on the oxygen mask on yourself first, then help someone else. This is the way it is in addiction recovery. You, you got to do whatever it takes to get well first. And it almost sounds selfish, but it, it's really not. It's really not. In fact, this is the way it was for Susan and I. Susan, can you remember an instance when you had to do whatever it took to get well? I do because I had been in jail for, you know, six or eight months and and, um, I wanted to live. I had made that choice. And so I had informed you before I got out of jail that I wasn't going to see you anymore. And you said, oh, no, 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 don't worry. I won't bring it around you. You'll never know I'm using. But I knew that my life depended on it and that I had to protect myself. And so I made the decision that I was going to stay away from the people, the places, and the things that would have a bad influence on me. And I remember I had had gotten out of jail and you pulled up one day and started walking down the sidewalk. And I saw you and I said, if you don't leave now, I'm going to call the cops. Yeah, and I had to leave. And w- what she was doing was she was, now she's doing whatever it takes to survive, but in a different way. Before, whatever it took to survive was the drugs. Correct. Now, whatever it took to survive was drugs were not an option or anything attached to it was not an option. No longer an option. Right. It was not, you were no longer in the direction that I was traveling. Exactly. I was going the opposite direction. I was choosing to walk away from that life and to walk towards a new life. And and it was a huge decision because... Because many times in the past, yeah, you know, would, you'd come and get me from jail and I would say, well, did you bring anything with you? Because, you know, it's been how long, you know, a month or a month and a half and I wanted to get high. Yeah, I was her worst enemy. But I, that's, it, you know, and that's another point that we need to bring up is that um, you may have been my worst enemy, but I also had a choice to make. And and many times we want to look on, on friends that it's their problem, but 
many we need to take responsibility for our own actions and so if you're a parent out there and and you think well my kid's hanging around the wrong kids he probably is but the reason why he's hanging around the wrong kids is because they're going in the same direction yeah, he, he wants, wants to, to go in yeah and so we'll we find what we're looking that's for that's right we need to take um, we need to take responsibility for our, the choices that we make. Right. For the direction that we're going. Right. So not only do we need to walk away from bad influences, but as we discussed last week, we need to change our thought patterns. And you know what? I I just want to let you know that if you're near a pen and, and, and a piece of paper, it would be a good time to grab them. In just a couple of minutes, we're going to be giving you some information to write down yeah so if you i know if you're going down the road you probably can't yeah, don't but, do uh, that don't do that but um but let's just talk just a second about thoughts and how powerful they are see it works this way and we talked about it last week right thoughts lead to right choices right choices lead to right actions right actions lead to right habits right habits form a right character and a right character brings along with it health and happiness it also helps us make us it helps make us right with god and it helps us get along with the people around us see some people have a tendency to think on negative things and dwell on negative things this is not healthy the only way to change our negative tendencies is by positive action that's right in philippians 4 8 it says finally brethren whatever things are true whatever things are noble whatever things are just whatever things are pure Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, think on these things. I think it was Gandhi who once said, a man is but the product of his thoughts. What he thinks, he becomes. If you're struggling with negative thoughts, we have a great exercise for you. And it, you don't have to be an addict. It's whatever, if you're having negative thoughts, this is a really good thing to do. Um, we can't underestimate the power of God's word and what it can do for us. We have to begin the practice of thinking on new things, and this is an easy exercise that will help us to do that. So what do they do? She used to do this for me. You can get a, a three by five index card or a piece of paper or, or whatever is handy for you and a pencil and either at nighttime before you go to bed or the first thing when you get up in the morning, you go to the Bible and you get some Bible texts to write out on the card. And, and you have that for the day. Yeah, and if you have your if you have your pen and paper uh, ready, we'll give you some good text to start off with. She used to do this for me, and then she'd put them in my lunch pail. And then during the day, in the hecticity, if that's a word, of the day, I would open my lunch pail, and there would be the three by five card with a Bible verse, and it'd kind of set me straight right then. Anytime negative thoughts had come in my head, I'd open up my lunch pail, look at that Bible verse, and it's a changes you to go to something different. When things get tough. Right. It changes your brain direction. Or I'd take mine and tape it to the dash of, of my truck so that it would be there. Or I'd put it on the mirror. You know, anywhere that you can have it to um, remind you. So some of the text are Psalm 118.6, which says, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. Uh, here is just some more you can jot down. Isaiah 40.31. Jeremiah 29.11-13. through 13, 2 Corinthians 12.9. verse 9, Philippians 4.13 and Philippians 1.6. Now see, change doesn't happen overnight, but it does happen. If we allow God into our lives, change can happen, but that's the only way it'll happen. Now next week, we will continue our discussion, excuse me, our discussion on heading a new direction in our lives. 
Now, and we just want to thank everybody for the wonderful phone calls we've been getting and, and the support. And uh, we just appreciate to, to hear from people. You know, we're a, a nonprofit organization and Rich and I have, have our, our full-time jobs. And it's always an encouragement to be able to, to hear that hopefully this is making a difference in someone's life. Yeah, and um, next week, just to give you a little idea of what we're going to talk about next year, next week, we're going to talk about prayer, and we're going to also talk about starving out the old nature and what it really means to, to change, in, because we're still going to be heading that new direction, that different direction, and what it means. And I think maybe we'll talk about our cats, Mr. Sister and Twister, if we get into that. Um, but heading the new direction also means that, that we do have to starve out that, that nature. And you can go to our website at www.justasiamministries.com. You can see where you can order our workbook from there or send us a prayer request. We'd love to be able to hear from you. And we really, really want to thank everybody. Remember, folks, there are only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle, and the other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Do I love my neighbor? Do I love them? Can I feel his pain and his need? Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There truly is hope for anyone whose life is in captivity and being overrun with the devastation of addiction. Rich and Susan are living testimonials and have created a seven-step biblically-based handbook and a recovery workbook to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Book for someone you know, or if you're a member of a church and you'd like to create a ministry in the area of addiction, Rich and Susan can help you get started. Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are blessed by people like you. 916-645-1297 or www.justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.